0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 65. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant Heal, with me is Scott McNeese, and with us also is the Age football writer, Ronnie Lerner. G'day, Ronnie.
1: G'day, guys. How are we?
2: Great to hear from you, Ronnie. Look, we thought we'd have you uh, from the top of the show. Uh, we Something thought, different? Yeah, we thought we'd get straight into the topics, because um, we've obviously got a... Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about our club and and actually all different kind of angles during the week. Um, but I Scotty, guess...
0: Scotty and I have chewed on them. Scotty and <laughs> yeah. I have chewed on all of the different angles. So we're, we're really <laughs> hoping to get your... Uh, um, your tempered professional opinion Ronnie so we're looking forward to that
2: yeah and you can try and kind of calm me down too yeah so, uh, Scotty's, Scotty's a bit angry at the moment so uh, <laughs> so I've been a bit crook for for my audience listeners I've been a bit crook for the last four or five days I actually went up to the SCG um with a cold watching the game so you can tell how I was after the game
0: <laughs> <Grumpy Scotty.
2: laughs> so look let's let's talk about the game in itself Ronnie uh, first your sort of initial reactions
1: Oh well, listen. It's just um, the much of the same. Just um, it, that that would have to go down as one of the most disappointing Essendon performances in the in the Warsaw era. You think of Round One this year, GWS. You think of Round Eight last year, Carlton. Uh, it's definitely it's a podium finish, Friday. I mean, you're up against arguably one of the worst teams in the conf. You know, they're missing the missing the guy that has, has tormented Essendon for the best part of a decade in Lance Franklin. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks prior to this game, they pushed Collingwood to within a kick. Yeah. To to serve that up was just absolutely, uh, really, it was insipid. It was insipid from essen an Essendon perspective, and for the second year in a row, I mean, it, it's a fairly um, strong argument to mount that the, the bottom team has once again railroaded Essendon's finals Yeah, it, good point. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 just it, uh, it, it's really history repeating. And there's, there are deeper, it goes even deeper than, I mean, what we saw on Friday nights, the, what we see on the surface there's a lot of, it really brings up deeper questions to what is actually, what does the club stand for? I think you've been hearing over the weekend that, you know, and then, uh, you know, then you after the sign, you see Heflin, Myers having a smile. You know, there's, you know, there's all sorts of opinions of that. To me, I personally didn't really like it. If I was an Essendon fan, I wouldn't like that. And it raises the question: What is the cl- Where is the club at? I mean, the last fifteen years, it, it's. It, I think you could argue that mediocrity is being accepted. I think it's a it's a soft football club as we look at it right now. Uh, you know, they're pretty. Um, you know, even just even things like, uh, you know, we'll talk about later. I'm sure the, the Dane Rampy point, a uh, point the the the, the goalpost shake. Yeah. I mean, I think to myself back to the you know. Guys like Graham McMahon, guys like Peter Jackson, guys like Kevin Sheedy, you you really think that we wouldn't have heard a peep from them over this situation over sure. the weekend? We did not hear a thing. We have not heard a thing from Xavier Campbell, haven't heard a thing from Lindsay Tanner. John Walsfall didn't say a thing about it. No one has come uh, made a statement about how furious they are that you know four points – were essentially robbed of the club, uh, and it really makes me wonder: Are these people? Are these truly Essendon people? I just really wonder that. I think there are some significantly deep issues that are really plaguing the club, and it may even get back to the whole. Um, you know, you look back at, to the supplements say, uh, in 2013, and maybe I think one of the out, out of that one of the the main um, one of the main uh, objectives of, of the hierarchy was to present Essendon in this real, you know, light. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I suppose want for better a cuddly club with a good image, really improve the image, be nice, happy smiles. But it's gone too far. They just yeah. don't stick up for it. They don't stick up for anyone. They, they they just cop it and and they just cop anything that comes their way. And it, it really, I think they've gone too far in that respect, and that's turned the club into a very soft pub. You, you know, you, it, it is it is light years from the club, you know, as I said, under that trio of McMahon, Jackson and Sheedy, it's a long way away from that. And I just don't know where where they are at the moment. You now, uh, well, So you put that to one side. Uh, <laughs> I got off on a bit of a tangent there. No, mate, that's... No. Uh, that's
0: i tell you what, Scotty yeah. and I, we're, we're talking about that very subject. Um, Scotty's yeah. been big on the mediocrity, mediocrity thing. Um, and yeah. again, that that thing for Myers and Heppel, for me, they're, they're allowed to smile, they're allowed to stuff, but geez, after a loss like that, I don't get the the there's I mean, no just, urgency. No,
1: nah, listen, listen, I, I I agree with you. I've got no issues with players shaking hands and yeah, and you know players, you know, the, a lot of these players around the league, they often you know they often play every week and they play against someone that they you know they came through junior ranks with. So there's you understand that there's you know they'll have maybe a bit of a laugh with the opposition or that sort of stuff afterwards. But there there are certain scenarios. I mean. Essendon has just lost to the bottom team. The only team that Sydney beat this year was Carlton, okay? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're yeah. sitting on the bottom, and their finals hopes of taking a huge hit, arguably a fatal hit. Who knows? Because this is what happened last year. Yeah. It's a long way back from where they are again. I know they're an extra win ahead. They're 3-5, and five, not 2-6. and six. But boy, oh boy, the comp is it's, it's arguably even tighter this year. I mean, for instance, who, yeah. thought Hoth, who would have picked Hawthorne to beat the Giants on the league? And who would have tipped? Richmond to beat of the way they did on the weekend. Yeah. It is so tight to give up games like this in such a tight season when you're supposed to when you've been touted as a top four uh, chance in the last two off seasons. You brought in Stringer, Sard, Smith, Shield. Now you are by doing that, you are saying you are having a crack at the premiership. Yep, that's a window. And, to, and in that two year period to potentially not even make the finals, that is nothing short of a, a catastrophe for the football club. Okay, ha, ha, anyone can spin it any way they like. That is a catastrophe if they don't make the finals for the second year in a row with four guns that they've brought in, arguably four of their best players. That are, you yeah. know, obviously, Smith, not this year, but he was best in the last year. is arguably one of the most consistent players of the club um, since he came. And Saar's been great. And Shield, I know he's the, his disposal efficiency hasn't been great, but he's been a solid contributor. It's yeah. Not, to not make the finals again with all those recruitments—that is an absolute indictment on the football club.
2: Well, I mean, so <laughs> that's a big introduction, and it's an.
0: <laughs> and it's <laughs> and we love it. I, I think I, I cast my mind back and I said, "We'll get your professional measured <laughs> the feedback." There that's running. how I see it. That's, no, I, mate, and we're 100% agree. I'm not. you've got to I, call I it think, as you see I think it. That's yeah.
1: a, I think that's a rather reasonable assessment. I don't think emotions got much. Much anything to do yeah, with it, I mean, yeah. you have a real, you have a real, you know, deep look at what is going on at the football club, and I don't think any of that's unreasonable. What I just said, no, no I I'd
2: agree. Can I? I'm just going to give you some of my thoughts, and, and just on those little uh, topics. So let's quickly do the Heppel Myers thing, right? So, I, I'm I'm in complete agreeance. I I think. We all know Heppel and Myers um, in some way or form. Um, and we've seen them at the club, met them at the club. They're very, very good Essendon people, very mature guys, uh, very passionate. I have no issue with that side. I, I don't even question that that Heppel's hurting um, after even after the game. It's just you cannot have that visibility of emotion four seconds after... Mm. After that loss, that was my critical thought is you can go into the locker room and say, "Heps," you know, I would say Myers, mate, you're getting old, you know, you can have that kind of a little bit of banter, but you, you know, national TV's on David Myers at that mm. moment. And that's, mm. that was me. You just have the understanding of the moment.
1: Yeah. And, and nah, just,
2: yeah. I mean, you, you in you, you, everyone's seen the photos and the footage. Zach Merritt has his head towards the ground in pain, basically. That's that's the shot I go, Well that's that's what I actually would have expected of that moment, of like sheer disappointment that they've lost the game. But,
1: mm. No, I, I agree with that. And listen, I, I, you, you can't begrudge Chapel. I mean he was um I mean he was probably one of the essence. Yeah, he fought in, his heart out,
2: actually. He, yeah. he
1: guts the you know, he, he tried his guts out and um, but he was part of a, a system which we'll talk about, I'm sure, with, with regards to John Warsaw, That is just completely predictable and does not win football games. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah. like it's easy to get carried away with what they did in the three wins. You know, but when you look back at Melbourne North, I mean, they're not exactly seeing the world on fire, are they? In Brisbane, okay, Brisbane North Brisbane is a very good win, but um, even that Collingwood game, you have a look back at that and you think, well, well, was it was it? Did Essendon get close as a result of a sound f- structure going forward? Or was it just purely as a result of some freakish individual moments of brilliance from guys like yeah. Stringer that's and Danaher? Really good and play. that is not sustainable. You cannot no. win premierships. if you're, All you're relying on is miracle freakish bits of play. To you know, Some of Danaher's and Stringer's goals that day were just absolutely unbelievable. But yeah. that is yeah. not, that's not sustainable. You yeah. need a sound forward structure which you can rely on when things aren't going away and and it is a shambles i mean and 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 a huge knock on john morsall is that he does not change anything what the plays do what they've done for the last eight quarters against Geelong and sydney they just keep mindlessly bombing the ball forward with absolutely no thought no method no system and it's embarrassing but like, i mean guys like I mean, in the Geelong game, for instance, guy, I mean, Tom Stewart, Harry Taylor, and Mark Glickson, they must have just been oh, laughing. They, love, they, oh, they, they loved They Essendon were built football. for they that would, sort they, of they stuff. They would have just been laughing. To that. They ended up with about 40, and Colin Jazzy ended up with, and Henry, they all ended up with about 40, 50 marks between them. It was actually laughable. And then the same thing on the weekend. Alir and Rampy, they just thought all their ch- yeah, yeah. Christmases yeah, came at yeah, once. It is so predictable. It's so predictable the way Essendon go forward. And, and it's even more of an indictment on the weekend because there was no Danahag. Yet they they kept on delivering the ball forward as if there was two or three key forwards in, in the forward line. Yet they just kept going like it, it reminds me of um about ten years ago when Alan Davy was sometimes <laughs> under nice was this key forward. forward yeah. <laughs> Anthony McDonald, Tippin' Woody, he's just Oh, it's it's madness. They keep going long to a 179 centimeter block. <laughs> I just it's just crazy that they keep, but, but they keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the vast majority of Essendon fans within five ten minutes of a game are starting against Geelong and Sydney. They can see what's going to happen. They know what's happening. Oh, they can see what, how the game's going to pan out. Yet the coaches box, they don't change a thing. They just no. let it go. I don't know whether it's pickheadedness or just a lack of care. Or stubbornness—I don't know where it is—but they just think that this plan that they implement, where you get more inside fifties but less marks inside fifty, is going to work. I must admit, it's just—it's—it's yeah. uh, it's a mess. It is a mess.
2: I must admit, I when I was at the at SCG, so I'm about thirty yards out um, uh, from from goal, and um, what I decided to do because I hadn't had that kind of angle, I'm right near the boundary line, and normally I'm, I'm sort of an elevated view at games. Um, and I thought i oh, will just watch our forwards set up, and just to see, just to see what's happening, um, and just to see how sort of drilled they are. And and I get the whole midfield right. Trust me, it it, it it's the most painful thing <laughs> to see us bomb <laughs> to see us bomb it. But even when there's instances, say we've got a, a mark or a free kick seventy yards out, I was genuinely surprised how little system our forwards actually had. Um, like and just mm. and, and, and you you're a little bit like me. You love your NBA as well. Just basic blockings and screens to get guys to a lead. You know, you know, just things that you go. Mm. Um, mm. It's just those systems in in place. You know, to try and get a guy free. To try and get a mm. uh, yeah a, a string a, a, an extra ten meters on a lead. Yeah. Um, and then to see Sydney then do the opposite, like they were actually sometimes blocking Hooker and making him go deep and then getting a, a Sydney guy sort of in front of almost like another Sydney guy and, and taking pack marks. They were reading us <clears throat> really well. And you go, just simple things. You go, I'm I'm just confused about how well drilled as a coaching um, side yeah, to I, the game. It, it just yeah. They're just all small things. You go, but why aren't we doing blocking screens? Why Why am mm. I watching the opposition doing all this stuff and, and seeing us just have a hopeful approach to the game? Mm. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, but, it's interesting you say that because you don't see this on TV, but at the ground you're quite right. You can actually see, what, like if an Essendon player, you know, has a mark probably 85, 80 meters out from goal, how often do you see when you're at the ground that the players ahead of the the, the guy in possession just... It's just stagnant. No one, no one just leads. No one leads. I don't know what it is. It's just they. Maybe it's because opposition teams have actually have done very well in, in clogging up the space inside yeah. Essence 450, so they've actually got nowhere to lead. And then you know the the, the opposition will the, more often than not they'll force a turnover, sprint down the other end of the ground with a a beautiful forward fifty with hardly any clutter. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty much the the modus operandi for most Aston games uh, over the years. Um, it, it's uh, it is, it's really it's confusing. I, I really think a lot of it goes to the feet of John Walswold as coach because nothing changes. He I, he very much. In the last couple of weeks, he's looking a lot more and more like yesterday's man in t- from a tactical sense. Uh, you know, when you look at some of the other coaches around the league, he just doesn't seem like he's up with it. You know, he's got so all this, he's got all this talent at, at his disposal, but he just does not know how to harness it in the in the proper manner. And you know, questions need to be asked. Do Essendon need to get someone in that can harness all this talent properly? Because you know, it's a it's a it's a cutthroat world. The AFL, or if you don't make most, you know, make the hay while the sun shines, you're going to miss your chance at a premiership, and you'll have to start all over again. So everything has. I mean, I, I yeah. think of no No, I'm not. You know, necessarily um, having a crack at Brett Radden, but I mean, Carlton. They had Chris Judd on their list for how many years? All they ever did was win two finals. You've got to make the most of it when you have a when you have a. You know, such a talented list. Now, I think this is one of the most talented lists Sesson has had since had. their yeah. last that, premiership. That's yeah. the frustration.
2: That is my genuine yeah. frustration: is the waste of of these. Well, last year and so far to this point, this year, it's yeah, it, it's like where 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 am I seeing any progression? I I'm not mm. sure I'm seeing. I, I'm seeing basically if you put pressure on Essendon if you if you put pressure on Essendon they butcher the ball like no other side yes in the AFL and and it's yeah. and we're reading we're reading we're so easy to read is what I'm trying to say is from an opposition oh, standpoint so tactically
1: extremely predictable and 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 if they don't change then I mean they're up against yes. one of the Great modern-day tacticians this week in Ross Lyon. I mean, he must be rubbing his hands together. If 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 no changes made to Essendon's game plan this week, don't worry, Freer will will get a win. They, they will win this week, and uh, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a Marvel Stadium. You got Ross Lyon who watches the game as keenly as anyone. Look like it could be a really long night for the Bombers yeah. if some urgent changes aren't made to this pre- predictable game plan that everyone knows just doesn't
0: work all right can i can i jump over the fence for a, qu- a split second and play devil's advocate here all right mm. in the last three years like you said we've we've grabbed triple s and we've grabbed um shieldy uh, now quadruple s quadruple s right <laughs> um we've grabbed all those four boys now they're all all four of them are midfielders um, they're important to the club. They're midfielders in the modern game. Of well, starts
1: and... more of a defender, and Stringer's more of a forward. I'll, I'll actually,
0: say. no. So you are. Yeah, that's entirely correct, right? So yeah. we've got a couple of key midfielders. Have we? Have we given Wosher and the coaching staff? And again, this is devil, devil's advocate here. Um, and, and believe me, devil's advocate through clenched teeth. Trust me. <laughs> um, but have we given the the, the coaching uh, coaching staff? and the side in general enough time to gel together as a team to be able to be as fluid and uh, and consistent, yeah. and consistent and high performing as we think they should right because when you look at those names on a piece of paper it looks like a top 4 team absolutely right but have we given them enough time like do, do we need time for these guys to gel time for these guys to 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 learn the game plan and become better at what they do um, as a team
1: yeah, good question. Um, valid question. Um, I, the way I see it, I think they gelled incredibly well in the second half of last year. So I, I don't think – I just don't think um, th- there's really uh, – on that perspective, personally, I just don't think there's too many excuses on in that regard because after round eight last year, they looked a million dollars in the second half of this and they were, yeah. they, were, they, were, they were gelling magnificently. So what happens between then and this year? Like, the, do they forget how everyone which, plays? I, which it's a real me, mystery.
0: It leads me into my next question on that one, is that we we the last 10 games, brilliant. Everybody went, oh, yeah, yeah, get Joey back. Um, get um, uh, Shield, hopefully. That'll be all good. Start of next season, we should be good. We'll have a full preseason into all the players, and it'll be great, right? Then we come out in the JLT and serve up that awful crap, and in, <laughs> in rounds one and two, we just... What the hell? What the hell was going on? Was the the summary of that, and then all of a sudden we changed our game plan to this fast running game plan, and it was successful for a minute. The question I've got is that what the hell were they teaching the 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 footballers over the off season and the preseason, that they had to abandon it two games into the season. Is that yep. is that the game plan that Wusha put up to the board and said, "This is what I'm going to do. This is how we're going to play. This is what we're going to do." The coaching staff all built into it, and then two games into the season, we had to give it up.
1: Well, it's uh, not a bad point you raised, because he uh, th- it was a very similar game plan to the way the one they started with in 2018, because it was very similar. Like you know that chipping sideways, going yeah. backwards, launching, launching all your plays from defence and. Essentially, taking way too long to get the ball forward, and then you're giving the opposition heaps of heaps of time to get back, and it's too late. Yeah, uh, that, that was essentially the first eight weeks last year. It Was the first two weeks this year. I think they recognised that. Okay, it's just not going to work, and they pulled the pin again. It was. It was almost like they brought forward. I think we spoke about this last time. I was, and they brought it forward. They brought forward the change uh, six weeks this year. They brought it forward so they. they you know, so to you know, I guess give themselves. More of a chance to recover the season, but what's happened is that they've been, they found this, this, this new the, the game side that they changed has also been found out now. So yeah, I just, yeah. you know, and and I think it's a mental thing. I think you know you look at last year, uh, they played brilliantly once the pressure was off. And they couldn't play make finals anymore, and this year when the finals were back, you know, well, they're back into it and they're back in finals are back in play. They're three and five. Yeah. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I just think, well, you know, it's a soft football club. As we, as we, as we sit right here right now, the Essen football club has become incredibly soft. And I just—that's the way I see it. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been watching Essendon my whole life, and this is—it's um, not a fun. Yeah, period. this is—it's it's a very different. It's a very different club to where it was twenty years ago. I'll Give it out right to you. I mean, this, the Essen football club was a feared organisation under Sheedy yeah. and, and and those kind. Of, it's just not that anymore at all.
0: Can we ask? Uh, one of the things I was I said to Scotty before the podcast is that I was watching. Um, I follow practically the entire club on Instagram and all the players and that sort of stuff. And tell me if I'm if I'm being too harsh here, but I see a lot of. There was a lot of photos of the boys in Sydney before and after the game, and they were there was a lot of smiles and a lot of laughs, and they were having swims in the the sea baths and all that sort of stuff. There was a lot of. I don't know, just after, like you said, one of the worst losses going around to a side that we should have hammered. There just seems to me that they're... And uh, I'm probably selling them very short, but it seems like they're going through the motions. Do we have the ability to hold the players, the older players that were there during the saga, do we have the ability to hold them to account here? Or are they spent? Like, did they use up all of their enthusiasm and their excitement and their gut running and their attitude and real win to uh, a drive to win the the game of footy did they use that all up in the in the emotion of the saga
1: good questions i don't know i mean how long is a piece of string very good questions and i don't know if we'll ever really get an answer to it because i think what you're speaking about is unquantifiable like i don't even know if the players would know that we're involved in that if they you know where they are on an emotional level subconsciously how they you know how they're feeling with regards to all that. or uh, they? You know, uh, are they spent after all that? Who knows? It's a, well, you, yeah. it's a, it's one of those philosophical things. I don't think we'll ever really get the answer. to. I
2: mean, yeah. personally, I mean, if you told me Heps, Hurley, Hooker, all pretty silly, solid footballers. Yeah, but, true. Um, but, but I, I just want to see. Oh, yeah, I, I no, want to yeah. see the,
0: the pissed off. I mean, if if we're not going to get it out of Xavier, and you mentioned before that we didn't hear it anything out of Xavier and that sort of stuff. The the question I've got for you, his mind Is that would it? Is it just to get it on the record? Like, if for Xavier to come out and say this is really bad, like Scotty was mentioning earlier, that Jeff Kennett, Jeff Kennett would come out and just call the AFL out and call them every name under the sun. Is mm. it is it not Xavier to do it, or is he thinking it's a waste of time because the AFL is never wrong?
1: Well, you know, even if he does, I think even if he does think that the AFL is an waste of time, the AFL is never wrong, and he's right, by the way, that would be the right sort yeah. of, um, you know, Thought process, but t- t- he's, he's he's got to show the fans and the supporters that you know he's this does not sit well with him, does not sit well with the club, and he's angry about it. He just has to yeah. let people know. And the fact that he did not say a thing about it, ah, oh, geez, it's just yeah, like, it's not on. Oh, I just don't think it's good no. enough. You know, you want you want the leadership to stick up for the club. And listen, I, 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 I spoke to you guys off here. I, you know, the goalpost shaking is probably the least of Essence concerns. And yeah, I know. It pinched, you know. Like Essendon could have pinched four points, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, you know, he's still. He sh- I do agree that something should have, um, should have come from the the club. You know, I mean, you had yeah. you had you had the the chief executive officer of the AFL saying on Saturday morning that technically it was a free kick. Well, then, if that's the case, then doesn't the club have to <laughs> at least voice their <laughs> Yeah, their absolute fury yeah. at the fact that it wasn't paid.
2: Yeah. Well, that, 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 that's been, been mine. It's the posting for me has been one of the hardest um uh, messages to for me to tweet with fans reaction because because obviously they come back straight away and say, Look, we can't keep blaming the umpires and, and that's and I actually agree with that. Uh, but I do see it in two different instances and with the post one thing why I, I get Frustrated with our management uh, is it is a big business still, and this is my personal belief. It is still AFL's a big business. You got sponsors and everything. You got fans. You got eighty thousand members. You've basically missed out on four points, even though we didn't deserve it at all. But mm. you still have missed out on a very fatal flaw that was actually pointed out by our players as it was happening. Mm.
1: Yeah, Stringer and Hooker were
2: quite yeah. quick on that. Yeah, and this and then you've had the AFL reaction. He's been I mean, there's reports now that the, the guy's been charged by unbecoming behaviour and our club just sits stand still and does says nothing. And mm. and that's four points. Like a I and again, I have to separate that from everything we've discussed the last 15, 20 minutes on things that are having issues with the club. But I also the backbone of the club is just as big an issue for me, and this is an example of why I want some leadership. Because Eddie McGuire would be having flips right now if he, if because let's just say we had put in a bad performance. So did Sydney. weren't fantastic. They butchered the ball. They weren't overly you know inspiring. They did well with some kids, but it's a, still a five point whatever game, and. If we sit 4-4, it's a different world. Now, we obviously have different issues, but I still think the club has got to stand up sometime, especially after the saga, and say, look, that, that part's over. We're not, and I'm, excuse my language, we're not kissing ass anymore. <laughs> like, we're, <laughs> we're, like, we've got to actually stand up and say, no, that's actually an incorrect statement, or if, uh, which I believe Gil made an incorrect statement. That's my personal belief. Um, but that actually was a free kick. That is the law. And we are, as a club, disappointed. We understand it can't change, but we, as a club, are extremely disappointed in the outcome of that game. But we understand mm. there's other issues that we need to resolve as well.
1: Yeah, that makes you wonder why nothing has been put out. It really does make you wonder. It's it's really... Uh, it's, it's quite uh, odd. It is quite odd. And like you say, I mean, you know... Look at Melbourne on the weekend. They played like um, uh, pretty ordinary as well, but they managed to snatch four points and they're, the they're po- salvaging well. their season. Possibly, yeah. it could it could be the launching pad for them. So you know uh, whether you play well or not. No, it's very similar to Essendon. If they pinch somehow, pinched the four points, that uh, possibly that could have salvaged their season and could have gone into bigger, better things. But as it stands, it's rather than evening up the ledger at four four, they're now two behind at three five. So it's just. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know if I was the CEO or the president, I'd be um, making a very uh, angrily worded statement, such as, like, like you say, Jeff Kenner, Eddie McGuire, no doubt. Whatever.
0: Yeah. You're probably all a bit gun-shy too, though, I would imagine. <laughs> They're down at the Bombers about angry statements and the like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you> could <laughs> no right. more open yeah. letters, yeah. Yeah, no open um, letters.
0: All right, well, what we do, I think we've been we've been chatting for like 28 minutes. It's been brilliant. Um, we'll go for a little quick break. Um, on the other side of the break, we'll have a bit more of a chat about the game. Um, uh, with uh, Ronnie Lerner
2: and Ronnie after the break I just want to have a quick chat to you about how the the development and our younger players are going
1: no worries
0: back to the lunch on catch up podcast now then um we're back with ronnie and scotty scotty what did you want to say so
2: let's go discuss our younger guys ronnie because um this has been my concern uh if you hear this podcast a few times i I bring this up a lot i the in and outs of the younger players and the the no in and outs of some of the older players (laughs) um i think has created a culture where there's some kids at the Essendon Football Club that are just playing with zero confidence, and, and whether it, whether it's a it's an Aaron Francis, whether it's a Langford, Parish, whether it's a Parish, um, these guys who are fairly big draft picks, and and like obviously you know Dodoro would be very much invested to see how they're going as well, and because they they're, they're a big price to pay when you're talking like picks five and six and those sort of things. Um, I'm just wondering what your thought is, because that's my concern is like, I'm seeing Parrish play in the forward pocket and and forward. And then I'm seeing McGrath playing back in defense. Um, And we're not recruited these guys to to, to play there, but it's their third and fourth year, especially with a guy like Parrish. And they're just not coming on. Uh, And Mm. it's my concern that I see a Stringer, Sheil... Um, Smith winning the Crichton last year, that the guys coming into the club are the, are the kind of the stars and, and the guys who were meant to have invested and developed aren't.
1: Yeah, interesting. I, actually, to be honest, I actually think Parrish in the last couple of weeks have looked quite good. I think some, he's played some of the best foot he's played in his career. Uh, to be honest, I think maybe we're just seeing it differently, which is fair enough. But I actually think Parrish...
0: I, I think I'm
2: team? yeah, just on that, yeah. I think I'm talking about a two year kind of picture that the last eight. Oh, okay. So okay. I, I fully get that. Actually I thought it was one of our best. But mm. I, I think overall, um I, I I for them to get consistency is my concern. Do do we mm. have that strategy in place now that he's in form, like I don't want him to have a bad game and then say you're out of the side.
1: Yeah, well that would be that would be bad and I think on that same point, I was quite um, I was quite confused by Jordan Ridley's omission on the weekend. I didn't quite understand that. I thought he was building quite nicely. I, I know he's still got a lot of areas, you know, the, the, a few areas to work on yeah. to get to that next level. But I thought, you know, he's he's young. He's sort of the up, the curve is upwards. So to sort of see him dropped, um, that was a bit surprising. Langford, I can totally understand because he was. Oh geez, I don't want to be too harsh, but he was—he really was one of Essen's worst players against Geelong. I just everything he did, just he couldn't do anything right. It was—I really felt sorry for him against the Cats. Maybe that is a byproduct of what you were talking about, just that lack of confidence, not knowing where you stand. Um, especially after the way he finished last year, I really thought, as me Essendon people thought, that he that he was yeah. going go to go the next level this yeah. year, but it just hasn't hasn't panned out that way for him, and uh, who knows. Why that is? He, did, he, you know, he does look like someone that is just lacking total confidence, which is, you know, again that, that falls on, that falls on, um, I guess the, 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 um, the strategy of selection and that sort of stuff, and making sure that, you know, uh, the coaches and the, the welfare guys are getting around and letting him know what's what's happening, why it's happening. You know, if that's not yeah. happening, then, yeah. then yeah, you can understand why a young a young kid's confused and devoid of confidence because that's exactly what he looked look like against Geelong and he he could not justify staying in the team after that performance for whatever reason. But um yeah Francis has been an odd one. I mean he's making he's making skill errors that I never thought I'd ever see him make. He's just blatantly missing targets, you know, that just you would not expect a, a guy the, another one that finished the year last year so well and such so, so full of promise. You would never expect to see him make such mistakes. It, no,
2: even, it, even it, those, even those two shots on goal, which are long, I've, I've never seen him kick that badly
1: towards yeah, goal. He's usually that's a
2: right. gun.
1: That's right. Oh. And, 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 you know, I know he was forced down there through necessity, but, um, you know, the kid, the kid, he's strongly last year in defense. So now you're getting thrown down into attack. I don't know. Maybe that's throwing him out a bit. Um, yeah, there's a, it, is, it is a bit concerning. I think McGrath's been quite good. I'm not too concerned about Andrew McGrath. I think I think he's coming along very nicely, and yeah. um, he's probably been one of Essendon's better players this year in general, not just amongst the youngsters. Um, I don't think there's too many issues with that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think we're talking off air about Braden Ham. Like, yeah, as I said, uh, we we're saying that, you know we're sure that he's he's got all the potential in the world. You know, 18 year old kid to. Cracking to the senior team at that size and that age is a great effort, but uh, yeah, it is. It is odd that you sort of see him getting getting game time, especially such a, such a crucial game. I mean, there was three and four yeah. and season was basically on the line, and yeah, I don't know. the
0: SCG and in front of yeah, crowd uh... and
2: all that. Yeah, well, I was a little bit surprised because I thought, I mean, I mean, I, I watched the VFL closely, and, and you see, not get two or three best on grounds in a row, and um. Mm. And I just thought, you know, and Minot's a bit more mature in his body and, and physique. And I mm-hmm. thought, gee, there's a good opportunity for him to come in. And I must admit, I I mean, Ham's been playing okay, but just not, you know, to the level of what I think of not for, for an 18-year-old kid, right? Like, yeah. he's a skinny
0: yeah. 18-year-old kid, you wouldn't figure
2: it. But I must admit, I, I genuinely was surprised Myers came in. Um, and I'll, yep. be, I'll be interested to see on Thursday where they rate that performance because... I think his issue at the moment he's lost a bit of power in his legs and I think that was a weapon that that um that kind of propelled him sometimes uh, as much mm. as much as a bit of bully work but if if he he kind of had his self admission I mean after the game that he's lost a bit of power in his legs and I've thought you're in a little bit of trouble then David Yes. Yeah. because um, yeah. that's part of really your weapon mm. to to the AFL and to us
1: and I think another man in at the crossroads as we speak is David Zaharakis. I just really think, I don't know where he's at um, with his football. I, I really think he's at the crossroads. It's a very. This is going to end up being a very important year for David. I reckon. I, I think um, you know if he doesn't uh, pull the proverbial finger out, he could find himself um, looking elsewhere for opportunities. I just I don't I don't see him having impact on game anywhere near anywhere near he did when at his, at his prime. Um, and I think those are two guys, Myers and Zaharakis, really stand out. I was clearly, speaking of selection, jeez, I thought Mark Bagley was a bit stiff. I mean, two two weeks prior to the Sydney game, he was one of the reasons why Essendon almost beat Collingwood. I mean, he had yeah. three goals in the second half. I'm and not too sure sh- what else you, you want from your small forward. You, you know, and there was only 10 goals each that day. Like, jeez. And then, okay, it was it was poor against Geelong, but jeez, he had his mates. And to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to he was a Robinson out. Crusoe. Yeah. Do you know
2: my biggest surprise of the Bagley omission? Was actually Woosh's comments after about basically he self-admitted that you know he's um, unfortunately with Joey missing being managed the the forward line had a total new look and restructure and, and we just had no sync and I thought to myself then why did the hell did you drop Bagley because <laughs> because if wouldn't you want to lessen the damage of of you know of having Fantasia and Waller looking to their right and seeing a guy like Bagley and understanding how he plays. So there's a little <laughs> bit more better chemistry, and yep. I thought, and I thought to myself, well, this is not the week then you should have omitted him because yep. you everything that you're complaining about is actually goes against your selection. I guess for, for me anyway, because Bagley is one of those guys. When I talk about blocking and those sort of things and creating, he does yeah, he does exactly. those kind of one percenters that actually can get a waller yeah. or a, a stringer some space.
1: He's still a good pressure pressure player this year and, and he kicks goals uh, so I just found that quite odd too oh, to be honest
2: makes tough now <laughs> another question
0: we've what was it this season we went and got Benny Rutten and his magnificent defence uh, methodologies that he's brought to Essendon apparently and we went and got Dan Richardson or whatever it is from Richmond the year before that yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was a guru as well. So we've went and got to the gurus of defense and, and Luke Ball. And right. Luke Ball, yeah, we've got all these guys. Is that working for you, Ron? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, it's, it, the so, results speak for themselves, you'd have to yeah. say. Uh, you know, I, I think right now, nothing's really going right in the, in the, in the front office, as they say, in, the, in America. Um, in the in the, the coaching, the footy department, yeah. you know, the results speak for themselves. What are they 15 and 15, aren't they? Since, yeah, yeah, uh, 15, and, yeah, 15 and 15 the last 30 games since of last year. Something wow, that's that's like that. or, or, or that's 14 telling. and 16. They, they went 12 last year, was it 12? Yeah, it was 12, 12. 12, 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's 15, so they're they're dead bang on. Fifty percent, fifteen out of thirty, with all this recruitment that they've done—that's just not good enough. No,
0: nah, not, not with the names. And obviously,
1: obviously, it. it's not working. And you, you might be right. Maybe it, it, you need to wait for it to bleed in, and and maybe it's a delayed, uh, a delayed uh, um, onset, or for lack of a better word. But no, nah, fifteen from fifteen—that's just bang on average, isn't it? So, uh, fifteen from thirty is, is bang on average.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was, even just as a team, like we're we're eighth for for points, for eleventh for points against. We're tenth for disposal differential, eleventh for contested ball, tenth for uncontested ball, eighth for no. inside fifty. So it, it reads like it, it, reads a team, it, it, it reads a team. that it's just not being competitive. No, it's
0: just no. It, it, no, it's no not, not to
1: the level where you need to be. No, um, but
0: especially too with those players, like it's 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 very strange. As an Essendon supporter, and I know that probably the listeners have hope for the listeners that sort of feel the same. Is that I was looking forward to this year of football more than I think I have in uh, 10 years or more. Um, only because we were going to get Joey back, who was almost right at the end of the year, but that he had a full preseason and we were going to have um, Dylan Shield. We signed him was, and that was brilliant. <laughs> well, he was, but didn't. That's <laughs> but, um, I was really looking forward to this season to get some clear air and to really start to to pressure because like you said we've pulled off i don't know that if you if you might know but can you name another club who's grabbed in 3 years the kind of contributors and names that we have ever like stringer S- smith sarden and all those guys have been incredible players and are in the top 10 of our club now but it's really been disappointing and confusing the losses that we've had because when we've been bad, we've been really bad and players like that on a piece of paper and Dan Richardson and truck Rutten and all those sort of things that shouldn't be the case.
1: No, I totally agree. Yeah. And, and it, and it wasn't, it, it was two years. They have picked up all those guys in two off seasons. It's not even three. Yeah. So it's yeah. even, you know, it's a shorter window. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, Hawthorne's been a pretty prolific, um, Recycler, uh, They've been pretty good at picking players for their needs over the years. But um, no, that that, amount of talent in such a short period of time, as I said earlier in the podcast, that that is a statement of intent. That is, we are here to win premierships. It is not here to miss finals two years in a row, which they are well on track for. And if that occurs, Worsfold, year, you, you know, he's only got a year to run his contract. That's more than within the realms of a payout. Like that's these days, you're almost coaches are guaranteed that extra year, almost like it's a golden handshake because you know the clubs want to sort of they add that extra year, to, uh, yeah. they extend it just to avoid pressure from media and that sort of stuff. So coaches, when they get sacked, generally, yeah, the the it's basically almost always they get an extra year of payout. That's what happens so, so that, oh yeah sorry, so he's on. well within he's well within the the sweet spot of that of that scenario if things do not change
2: so look we'll start to sort of wrap it up because we've had you for ages sorry um well let's just quickly look to the frio game um i guess we've got the fantasia news which isn't great and i, I believe heps is 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 50 50 your best um so we've got a few things to worry about uh I think it's time just but tell me what you think. I think Hartley needs to come into this side to release Hooker just just to have a bit of a marking presence. Um so at least Waller can and a few guys can get into the game. Doesn't have to take pack marks. Uh what do you yeah. what are your thoughts? I, I think they have to start making that change of Hartley coming in and, and just to yeah. release a few defenders going forward.
1: Yeah, well he might actually have to come in big, anyway because I mean Hurley hurt his ankle late in that game. Yeah. as Well, and I'm not too sure what the situation is there with Hurl's. Um, uh, I, I would assume he would play, but uh, from what he I heard, then...
2: from what I heard, he's actually not too bad.
1: Okay. Well, that's good news for Essence. Really yeah, good news. Um, good news. Yeah. Yeah. So if I mean if Hartley does come uh, come in, I mean because Ambrose is playing, uh, he, you know he he's was one of Essence's best. Yeah. I mean Sam Reid didn't do a thing really on on Friday night. So yep. Um, you know if he came in and teamed up with Hurley and Ambrose and and Hooker goes forward, and well, Danaher does come back as well. So if you you know, and Danaher and Hooker, don't forget, they worked very well in twenty seventeen. They did, yeah. yeah, that's true. Kicked hundred, kicked hundred goals together. I think they were the first, first key forward duo since Lloyd and Lucas to kick a hundred goals between them in twenty seventeen. So it's not as if yeah. they don't. Then they're strangers to each other.
2: No, and, um, and Hooker likes sort of being based in that in that forward sort of full forward yeah. setup, and Joey likes running yeah. up the ground. So it kind of works well. Oh. Yeah,
0: so if, if you give us what, what's that? What do you reckon is the top three things we need to change this week for Frio?
1: Well, well, <laughs> without I mean, sarcasm, but, <laughs> yeah, without <no>. that, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think it all it all comes down to um, uh, the, the delivery to the Ford Fifty. That that is the prime number one thing that they have to change. It has to change. You cannot keep mindlessly, predictably bombing the ball along, especially against the Ross Line Coach team. And you got guys like. Hamling, uh, Alex Pearce, yeah, exactly. uh, Luke Ryan, down back, very, very, very good uh, key defenders. Oh, Alex Pearce is arguably in all Australian contention right now. So you cannot keep doing this, you no. know, against teams that have very sound defenses. I made, um, I made the
2: joke and... to a friend. I made a joke to a friend the other day. The whole midfield should get a tattoo on their arm saying "Low
1: your eyes." <laughs> <laughs> yes, lower the eyes. Pick, be clever, like pick. You know, if it takes an extra kick to enter 450, do it. But don't just cough up the ball because, yeah, these days a turnover it's in your rebound, defensive fifty yeah. can very quickly become a sholom goal down the other end. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know what I mean. So that is the main thing, and and pressure and 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 harder at the contest. That's another real a- 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 area that. Has to um has to return because in the last two weeks, Geelong and Sydney were by far the hungrier team by far. Yeah, yeah that's, and... that's Really
0: disappointing to watch when you can when oh, you can notice as a fan, geez, that the other side just wants it more.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. I'd say those are the main the main areas that they really have to improve this weekend. And it's not easier said than done because when you're taught to a way to play, you know, to just change it up. But, I mean, then again, you look at a guy like, huh, I'm not comparing Walsh to Alistair Clarkson, but you look at Alistair Clarkson and the way he can just reinvent himself on the fly as he did on the weekend. I mean, yeah. who would have thought after that loss to Melbourne that they were going to come out and just smash GWS? He's a genius. So it, it requires, you know, if it, you know, it, 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 he shows that yeah. this modern day, it requires if you can see things are not going right, you have to fix them. And if that means implementing a new style on the fly, as Essendon did last year and this year already, then do it. You've got to do it. You have to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to keep losing games and September will become a distant – well, not even a memory because they haven't been there since 2017. So 3-6 and this week week if they lose, that will just about be lights out. So it is a massive game and things have to change right now.
2: And and look, just before we go, I I, I quite tip for Washe that we get Mason Redman to kick out instead of McKenna.
1: Uh, oh my goodness <laughs> gracious! What, what was, jeez, he yeah. he I would mean, have sent. I think I think Con McKenna should get um, should be billed for about twenty thousand dollars of living room damages around <laughs> Australia. I think there would have been. <laughs> TVs, chairs, tables, all smashed. <laughs> but I, mean, some I, of loved, those I love Connor, I mean, Jeezy
0: makes some bad mistakes sometimes.
1: Far out. So it was, you know, it was reminiscent of a remind me of Nathan Love and Murray. I know he, you know, he's a fan favorite, and he was tough. But Jeezy made some claims coming out, just <laughs> yeah. in some better goals. Yeah, it just brought back memories of that. And that, yeah, Jeezy. Give the kick-out duties to anyone, but kind of please. Well,
2: I mean, I know he's young, and so it's a lot of responsibility. But clearly, Mason Redmond to me has a clear, composed kind of manner about him. Yeah, he's
1: right, he's, he's really one of the he's really one of the best kicks in the in the team, if not the best. He's a yeah. beautiful kick. Yeah. And yeah. ironically, probably the second best
2: is Ridley. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but but. That, just for me it's like just give the kid the ball like and and then yeah. at least I think he makes fairly good decisions and can sum up a situation quite well look we've had yep. you way too long you've been awesome absolutely uh it's the podcast we had to have to <laughs> get yes. off our chest. <laughs>
0: We didn't get much. We didn't get much onto the other three weeks. We didn't, but this one's been great. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we talked about Geelong, and that was yeah. Let's not talk let's, about yeah, that. Forget about that. But thanks for always joining us at the end of the uh, end of each four weeks, mate. Uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, we always appreciate your honesty. That's all we. That's all we ask.
0: And we get heaps of heaps of feedback um, too, running from the from the listeners, when you're on the episodes, it's uh, they're always one of our highest um, uh, listened to episodes. So we really appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, good to hear. That's a
0: pleasure, fellas. All right. Well, um, we'll wrap it up there. We're on the uh, we're on the socials, as they say. We're on Facebook um, at the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast Facebook page. Um, the uh, Instagram page is the Lunchtime Catch Up um, Instagram page. Uh, lunchtime Catch Up <laughs> Podcast Instagram page. Um, we're on Twitter. Um, we uh, couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, so it's just the Lunch Catch Up on Twitter. Um, You can listen to us on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Spotify and iTunes. iTunes. And Ronnie, where can they get hold of you if they want to get hold of you?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie Lerner, and that is spelled R-O-N-N-Y-L-E-R-N-E-R. Beautiful.
0: Thanks again for coming on, mate. We will see. We'll talk to you again in four weeks. Um, No worries. And uh, (laughs) go Bombers for the weekend. (laughs) We lose the next four then. (laughs) Yeah, mate. <laughs> Could be just a silent wait. I'll, I'll have bought that new flat screen that I put the <laughs> I put my glass through for no reason. <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks very much, Ronnie. Thanks everybody for Thanks, listening. Thanks,
2: Ronnie. Your legend. All no right. See you guys. Bye. Catch you, mate.
0: Bye. Bye and
2: goodbye to our listeners as oh, well <laughs>
0: and goodbye to our listeners as well let's leave that last bit in we thought we already said it but no thank you everybody for listening um, great to have Ronnie on as well we'll talk to you guys next week
2: yeah look I know it's been a little bit of a down downbeat show uh, look generally we've got a bit of a surprise almost when Ronnie teed off I know but, Ronnie teed off that was but great look a lot of fans are thinking that way and, uh, and, and, and he is that he and, is after uh, that I mean, he's and an he's age- passionate and we can't we can't hold someone back that way but we're passionate as well we're, we're frustrated everyone's frustrated so, yeah. um, so, it, so we just we just think that we've got a fairly good team to uh, that can can do more than probably what it's producing.
0: Absolutely, that's that's hundred percent correct. So, thanks so much to Ronnie. Thank you very much, Scotty. We'll uh, see you guys on next week.